0: To On the Block with Stricken Bach on 937 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back on the block. Thank you for joining us again. Almost done. It is Thirsty Thursday. We have one more day to go. You can find us every night right here. Not anywhere else. You could be anywhere you wanted to be, but on your drive home, after you hit your happy hour, after you sip on your Thirsty Thursday wine, join us right here on the block, 46 Central, every night, right here on 937 the Ticket and the TicketFM app.com. You can find us on all the other platforms. Again, subscribe, tell a friend. Let them know what's going on on the block and always come back. It's a party because the block is hot. The block is hot right here every night. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about the big 10, the big 10. Obviously media day just was, you know, was not too long ago, just completed. And there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of rivalry. There's a lot of, you know, I got mine. Did you get yours? All of that's going on, but perhaps there's nothing more important in college football than getting the right head coach that fits the culture and the tradition of the program that you want to have at your university. Even the schools themselves, they sell themselves as the best in the conference. Nationally, we're going to contend for a championship. We're going to go to the bowl and we need you to get it done. And the coaches must be the biggest seller of that. So in the big 10 Each school has its own history. They have their own tradition. They have their own personality. And when they hire the caretakers of a coach to come in and take that role, the coaches that they hire are as important as to getting them to the next level. And we're going to discuss that today. No matter how you look at it, there's a lot of criteria, the criteria that may be flawed. We're not getting into criterias right now. We're just going to talk about our opinion. We want to hear your opinion as well. On the top on the solder Heyman text line at 402-464-5689 tap in if you think that we're ludicrous in our thinking or whatever the case may be we're going to get started i'm going to allow Bach. how you want to do it do you want you want each sticky to start it off or you want to go one two or h- how you want to do it you just want to run it down you want to go top 10. I mean, or you want to run through it all. How do you want to do this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm deferring to
1: you. On yeah, I've got I've got my list one through 14. So we can go 14 up and just kind of swap, uh, swap picks here um, as we go. Well, yeah, why don't we do that? Let's let's swap picks. So uh, once you take a guy, he's off the board and uh, we'll make our way
0: up. OK, all right. Well, I'll start then. I'll okay. start at 14. I think Mike Loxley at Maryland, I think Mike Loxley, I think he's a solid coach. I just think that it's a tough place to recruit. I personally don't think they have the stadium. I don't think they have the facilities, but they're able to compete on a level because he is an elite recruiter. Right. And so therefore, um, you know, he's only in his two years plus there. He's, you know, I I think he going into this year, he was uh, six of 17 didn't have the greatest year. His records are really down. But nonetheless, he still competes and he puts out a a product, but it's just not enough to compete at the level of the Big Ten. That's why I got him at 14.
1: Yeah, and I, I like that one overall. I mean, he really struggled in his tenure at New Mexico, so he's seventeen and seventy-five overall as a college head coach. Um, but getting uh, at least getting uh, Maryland up to seven and six last year. Uh, but I agree with you. I kind of had him at the bottom too. Unfortunately, can't go too much further with uh, me at thirteen without picking on Scott Frost. I mean, obviously a big supporter of Sc- Scott Frost, hoping this turns the the corner. But the Big Ten is really really competitive. I mean, all these spots moving up. Um, everybody's had a flash of brilliance, which got them to the job, and that's what Frost is he had a flash of brilliance that got him to this job nothing has worked uh well so far here um so maybe other than mike locksley it's it's hard to find maybe one other guy that you could pick at 13 but um i'm gonna go with scott frost here and in years past he's been way higher ranked but if the guy was this close to being fired and coming off a three and nine season we all know the writing on the wall so uh it's unfortunate but uh, that's where frost lands for me
0: yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, I mean, he hasn't been able to beat Illinois, He hasn't been able to beat then Dang near Indiana. I mean, so being at 13, probably the only one he maybe has beaten is Mike Lockley. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah, on a consistent basis. So um he just doesn't have the track record yet, you know, in the Big Ten to, to get me to move off of that. And so I, I, I would have to agree at that one as well. Um, I would then go to Brett, uh, Brett Bielema, uh, at Illinois at, um, at 12. I, I, I think he's a, you know, he's an Alvarez successor. I think he's a good coach. He's a solid coach. I don't have a problem with him. I just don't think that, you know, they, they have the, you know, the pedigree. I don't think, I think he's underachieving there at Illinois. I don't think that it's a place that you can't get it done because we can, you know, we knew that, um, Illinois was able to do some good things because Levy Smith put in some work when he was there. I mean, he got the best out of all of it when he was there, and so um, you know it was up and down. But I just don't think he's been able to get that that ship righted. So I'm going to say he's at.
1: 12. Yeah, and that's that's fair. I mean, he, he did go uh, five and seven last year's first year with Illinois, beat Nebraska, so that's kind of sad there. I actually like the future under Brett Bieleman. He's won you know three Big Ten championships with Wisconsin back in the day, um, but obviously his career has declined since then. So I think I think that's a solid pick for you there. Um, Tom Allen will be number eleven for me uh, out there in Indiana. Um, obviously, coming off one of the better years in Indiana history, top fifteen record in or top fifteen finish in two thousand twenty but followed it up by not winning a conference game last year. 2-10 and overall, 0-9 in conference play. And, uh, and despite, you know, going into, if we would have done this list going into last year, he's the big riser. Well, he's the big faller this year. I mean, and, and I maybe would have even had him a little bit lower than we ended up with him here, but I can't go much further without putting Tom Allen out there. He's going to need to rebound this year, I think, if he's going to stay there at Indiana.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think, you know, that historical season that they had there at Indiana, um, I think it maybe was a fluke. And, you know, he had a solid quarterback and 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 got some things done, had some high-level skill players and was able to kind of win some big games, is you know, in, in, in some tough ways. But, yeah, I just don't see it. Um, and that was 12, right? That was 11, so we're on 10. Was that 12? That was uh, 11, so we're on 10 now. You sure?
1: I believe so. We got Loxley at 14, okay. Frost so, at 13, Bielema at 10, and Tom Allen at
0: 11. Okay. So we're at 10. Yeah. I'm going to go with Greg Schiano. Okay. I I'm like going to go that. with Greg Schiano at Rutgers. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just, I, I, I think he has success. He's had success because Rutgers has probably got to be the hardest Big Ten team to recruit to right as far as football is concerned I think it's just but but he's a good coach because I think he's maximizing he's getting the best out of them right you know he's also had three nine win seasons before he left for the NFL so it's not that they can't get it done I just think that uh, you know he's trying to rebuild and I just don't think he's gotten to that point yet I still think he's a good coach and I think it's worthy of him putting him at that 10 slot
1: yeah, I like that. I, I think from, from here on out, it's it's going to be tough, and we're, we're going to pick our choices, but you could really uh, put a lot of different guys, especially at this ninth position. Um, there's, there's kind of a battle because nobody's really bad from here. I think we've, we've kind of crossed the point of, um, I guess, the next tier of Big Ten coaches. Um, but from here, I would go with Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom's coming off a very impressive 9-4 and four season, two top five wins, um, but uh, it looks to me at least like that's a team with some of the losses that they're going to have, David Bell, I believe is moved on um they, they're gonna bring their quarterback back but they they lose Karloftis so I, so I think that was just kind of a team that put a lot of it together 28 and 29 overall at Purdue again the big win this year nine and four um or the big uh, the big movement this year nine and four so he's he's on his way up as opposed to being on the hot seat last year um but there's just so much competition I can't put him too much higher than nine
0: yeah, I I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to fault you on that. I don't know I don't know if you would even be mad at me for putting this one. It may be a surprise, but um I just I just don't here here's why I think James Franklin is number 8. Wow, yeah. I, I think I you know, I think it's a surprise, but for me, you know, although he has a high winning percentage per se, I still I still think with the talent that he's getting there at Penn State they are superbly, magnanimously, austaciously, uh, supremely <laughs> underachievement. I was just trying to, I don't know. I don't even know if half those were words. I was just coming up with something. But it, that's the level of underachievement I think that he's he's having there at Penn State with the talent that he's able to. To get
1: there. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's fair. Point. I mean, he's had three 11 win seasons at Penn State, three top 10 finishes. Um, but it is getting to the point after the last two years, four and five in twenty twenty, seven and six last year, that's 11-11 the last two years. You, you kind of got to hold his feet to the fire. And he had um, some some interesting, I don't mean as far as being fired, but as far as criticism and moving down the list a little bit, I, I do think he deserves to be moved down the list a little bit. Um, he was kind of flirting with the USC job last year, didn't end up getting it, had the team in the top 10 for a matter of time. Um, but ended up, again, 11-11 in the last two years. Um, That's not too good, so uh, I kind of like that pick there, um, although it is surprising. I I like the surprising picks, too. Uh, At number seven, I think from here I'll go with Paul Crist. Paul Crist has uh, also done a a fantastic job at Wisconsin. I'll try to run down uh, his record exactly, Uh, and it's nothing against Paul Crist. I think they've got the the method up there. I I think it almost hurts him a little bit that he wins in a similar fashion to to previous Wisconsin coaches um, certainly has been doing a good job um, but again over the last couple of years um, you know three out of the last four years not winning the West and they're seen as the team that should be the favorite year in and year out in the West they won nine games last year no shame in that but three out of the last four years no Big Ten West victory and uh, no no uh, chan- or, or win total over 10 his first three years he won 10, 11, and 13 so I think he's sliding a little bit and, uh, and part of it is just um, that he he wins the same way that Wisconsin coaches have won for a long time. So uh, without really adding up the wins over the last several years, um, I think he's sliding a little bit in
0: these rankings. Yeah, and so and so you had him at eight.
1: I have him at uh, at yeah, at, or at seven because you had Franklin at, at eight, seven. right? So Paul Chris at okay. seven.
0: You got him at seven. All yeah. right, I like. I, I mean, like like I that that is you know that's that's a great point that you made. I'm I don't have no faults on that at all. Um, when I look at it next, I think I got to go with PJ Fleck. Um, I, I, I think PJ Fleck at six is, is one. I mean, he's won the division. He's put some pros in the league. He's, he's had some wins and bowls. Um, I think he's a good coach because also the difficulty of, what what he's able to bring to Minnesota and yet still get maximum effort you know what i mean like I, I feel like they are the um what what's what's the um what was the what was that movie with your boy um i think they're the deadpool oh, maximum yeah, effort they're the <laughs> deadpool of the big 10 because it's just like they give maximum effort and they're going to compete and they're going to fight and they may come up short but i still think he's He's good at making adjustments, and he's good at you know game planning and strategy, and 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 putting themselves in a, in a in a position to win. And just sometimes, it just may not have all of the pieces in place. But I still think he's a good coach. I think this year is going to tell the tell the tale as to how far he falls from grace if uh, he doesn't you know get it turned around this yeah. year. I love that pick,
1: and I, I'm a big PJ Fleck fan, so I might move him up a little bit more. He rubs some people the wrong way and, and and gets other people to maybe want to run through a wall. I personally just like uh, kind of his comments and the way he is, um, but uh, I do think that's a pretty fitting um, spot for him to be. Um, at number five, I'm going to go with Pat Fitzgerald, and some people uh, would want him to be at least in the top five, but I think we have to hold him. I know it's Northwestern. I know he's been in the top 25, you know, finished there five times. He's won the uh, the West a few times. Those are incredible achievement, achievements in the West, but we do these rankings every year and we move guys up and down based on the previous year, and sometimes Pat Fitzgerald uh, isn't held accountable for his losing seasons at, w- mm-hmm. at Northwestern. I'm not moving him down to 10th or anything, but I do think he deserves to slide a little bit um, after a 3-9 and nine season. Um, we're ready to burn the house down here in Lincoln for a 3-9 and nine season there. It doesn't seem to be as big of a deal, but at the same time, I'm also hearing from the Northwestern side of it is that that you know sometimes there's not a big difference between the 3-4 and four win seasons at Northwestern Than the eight and nine win teams. It's just those uh, crunch time moments and stuff like that. But this was a a team that wasn't very close. Um, So I think he's got some building to do. I don't expect him to be very good this upcoming year. So I'll I'll go ahead and put him at five.
0: Okay. Uh, I think at four, then I'm going to go with Kirk Kirk Ferentz. Um, There's no major college football coach that has been at his school longer than Kirk Ferentz. Um, I think that, you know, with the season that they had last year, you know, winning the West, going seven and two and and, uh, you know, in in doing it with the most basic. Without a quarterback with a running game and just solid defense, that tells me that he can coach. So um, I, I think that. You know, he's, you know, with his 168 wins, uh well, actually it's more than that now. Um I think uh so he's got about 177 wins, I believe. And and it's fourth ranked all time in Big Ten history. I think he's been consistently getting it done and is worthy of a top five. And I think I'd have him at
1: at four. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And he does seem like a guy that has to coach his way to a win more often than just having the talent on the field take over. So uh, other than the defensive side, which he, he does coach incredibly well, and they've been great on that side of the ball for a long time. Um, at number three there, I mean, I know he's the, the kind of the flavor of the month. Uh, we'll go with Mel Tucker coming off his 11-2 and two season. Uh, top 10 finish for Michigan State. Um, and maybe this is a little high, um, seeming mm-hmm. like we've seen in the past from guys like Tom Allen or, you know, kind of at big seasons can they sustain it we'll see if he can do that in East Lansing um but I I I also want to give him credit for being the portal king year one of the portal right now year two he's going out in the portal again and trying to grab those things but you know it's similar to the kind of the the uh the the credit I have to give coach Hoiberg for what he did at Iowa state where he was one of the early guys to go out and get all the transfers and put together a team. And that was like a unique strategy at the time. I think similar to that, we're going to see over time, everybody's going to be doing the portal um, and it's, and it's going to be hard to be the King of the portal or be like separate so much there because everybody's going to be into it. But early on Mel Tucker has taken advantage of that. And, uh, and I think that they're in good hands there and he's got the contract um, to be in East Lansing for quite a bit of time later.
0: Yeah, I, and, and and that's what I would have said too. I mean, I, like I said, they had him coming in at the bottom of the barrel, uh, coming in and, and into the 2021 season. And what he was able to do, that shows good coaching because it is not easy. And we can see that with the Fred Hoiberg situation here in the basketball side, although they're different sports, you can still see that it's not easy to get people that have not been foundational to your program to buy in. And he got a bunch of transfers and people to come in to buy into the system and play for the goal and got it done. And, I, and so I, I, I'm riding with that. Um, so I will go with number two. I'm i am going to go with uh, um, uh, I'm going to go with Harbaugh. I'm going to go with Harbaugh at number two, just because on on the strength of his consistency, he still, you know, is a is a, you know, Ten and three team to me, you know they they never win the big one. But he broke through this year, which is worthy of him jumping up, I think, to the two slot, getting it done. Still can't win the big one, but I, I still think uh, what he was able to accomplish after starting two and four with the pressure upon him, and then they had the COVID situation, and then turning around and turning it into a getting into the championship uh, series was was a phenomenal feat, and 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 I credit them for breaking through and finally getting the big one against uh, Ohio State, so I, I, I'm rolling.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm so glad to see him back in the Big Ten. Uh, some of these guys might have moved up the rankings a little bit with whoever Michigan replaced him with, but uh, he's definitely one of the top coaches up there. And then, of course, that leaves the number one spot for Ryan Day. 34-4 and four in conference play overall. Finally, it seemed like uh, he, he's beatable in the Big Ten. He's 23-1 and one in the Big Ten. That Harbaugh victory over him is the o- the only and the first one um, to beat Ryan Day. And I've held uh, I've uh, not held Ryan Day as in high as regard um, Um, as... You know, in the first couple seasons, because he took over for Urban Meyer. Um, but at a certain point, you got to sustain that thing. I mean, Luke Fickle, who's a great head coach, and and maybe this was you know early on his career, but he struggled taking it over uh, the Ohio State machine uh, when he had his one opportunity to do so um, after Trestle. So um, I, I, at this point, I think you got to give him a lot of credit and say he's the top coach in the Big Ten. Certainly, all these other coaches would like to work with the talent in in the machine that uh, is Ohio State, but uh, it's hard to argue with thirty four. Four, and four.
0: Absolutely, I would have to agree with you. I think you know we had some some good thoughts on on that. I mean, tell us what you think again at the Sutter Haven text line at four zero two four six four five six eight five. If you think we're loco loco, or you think we kind of hit the mark, Texas there on the Sutter Haven text line. We're gonna go on a break. We're gonna finish up the, uh, on hitting the hardwood with strick. We're gonna talk a little bit more after this break. Come on back on the block.